Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode number 131. Our Sunday worship service for September 1st is Identity, and it is the second in the series Loud and Clear. Figure out who you are, what you stand for, and why you're here. Make room to grow past old ideas and into a new identity. So our scripture today, it's uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And I don't know about you, but I think that's what I want is something new. I don't know about you, but I've had a situation in my life where the old stuff just isn't going to do anymore. The old ways of handling problems, the old arguments, the old things that we see on the news over and over again, the old stuff just isn't cutting it for me. You know what I mean? And I think when Paul wrote that, and when we read that now, so far apart in years, it still speaks to us in the same way. I've got to do this differently. I'm over it. I'm done. Something else has got to happen. And man, oh man, it's an amazing moment where we go, you know what, I give. Sometimes people think that that's the worst time when you're out of options, but when you're out of options, it means you get past your own ego and you look somewhere else. And so specifically, the Bible says, if I'm going to look in a new place, I'm going to find new answers. I can hear my dog joining in and upstairs. He hears us singing. He wants us to sing too. The Bible says, if you are in Christ, you get to put the old stuff away. If you are in Christ, you get to do things in a new way. If you are in Christ. And so the question is, well, what the heck does that even mean? So often, uh, churches have said, oh, what that means is you've got to be a member of my church. You're only in Christ if you agree with me, if you sign on the dotted line, if you put money in my basket and all of that. And look, I want you to go to church, obviously. But that's not what it said. It didn't say if you are in church, you get to do things differently. It says if you are in Christ. So what does that mean? Now, you've been around the block, and so you know that Christ doesn't mean Jesus' last name. As I always say, it's not like he had a cousin named Billy Christ. Sounds like the name of a country band. Doesn't mean his last name. It refers to equality. Paul says, Christ in you is your hope of glory. The Christ means that part of you that has always been there. When everything else passes away, when stuff gets taken from you, when you lose the job, when the marriage doesn't work out, when whatever it is goes away, whatever's left, the thing that has always been true about you, that's the Christ. When you fall in love, the part of you that knows love when it sees it, that's the Christ. The part of you that is moved by truth and beauty and justice, the part of you that can't sit down but has to stand up for something beautiful, that's the Christ in you. And if you want a life that works, get in touch with that. Everybody's got a story of some moment when that came through for them. I'm asking you to come through for it and things will change for you. You get to be a new you. When you just learn how to find that piece of you that has always been there. And like I said, new is what everybody wants. I mean, it's such an attractive quality that it's marketed to. I mean, sometimes people buy things that are new and improved even if they don't need them. I had to get it. It was new. Do you hear the dog? It sounds like a storm. I think the house is haunted, honey. 
<laughs> we market to the idea of new. I'm going to get a new dog later on. <laughs> and it's an amazing thing that there's this thing that I call the illusion of linearity. Fancy words, but what it means is you get fooled into thinking you're going somewhere in a straight line. The illusion of linearity. People sell the idea that if I can make you think you're doing something new, but at the same time keep you dependent on the old things, I win. You keep buying my product, you keep going to my church, you keep in this dysfunctional relationship, whatever it is. If I can sell you the illusion of linearity, I can keep you dependent on my product. You know exactly what I mean. I remember as a kid watching Star Trek, back in the old days, in the Captain Kirk days, they used to make those episodes for about $37. And so they would, I remember watching Captain Kirk run by this rock because there was aliens chasing him. And he'd run by the rock and then he'd run by the same rock and then he'd run by the same rock. You know exactly what I mean because they didn't have the money or the special effects. CGI wasn't a thing yet. And as I think about that now, in that moment of innocence kind of going away, realizing that, wait a minute, Captain Kirk isn't really in the cave being chased by a monster. I recognize that rock. In the same way, you and I and everybody else get to that moment where we realize, you know what, I thought I was going somewhere, but I'm just orbiting the same rock over and over again. I'm having the same arguments. I'm in the same relationships. i got to do it differently. I've got to shatter the illusion of linearity and actually get somewhere in my life. And so if I want a new thing, I've got to be a new version of me. I've got to look at the world in a new way. That's the choice. So where do you look for that? Where do you look to find a new version of you? Where do you look to find that thing that's been calling you? From the beginning. Because the old ways just don't work anymore. I mean, the old ways are fear and anger. And look, I've been to the grocery store a couple of days before a hurricane and I'm, and I'm not interested in any more fear. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? We had a storm, a big storm a couple years ago that did hit us. But part of the problem with the storm was that a lot of people evacuated that didn't need to evacuate. And so they clogged up the roads for the people that did need to get out of the way. And they clogged up the roads for water to be delivered and gas and, and all of that kind of stuff. You were there. You remember, most of you. Fear can cause a real problem even when the problem wasn't there before. It's an amazing thing. Fear can lead you to buy bread. There are gluten-free people that go, there's a storm coming, i got to get bread. I'm supposed to get bread and bottled water and duct tape. What are you doing with this? There's water that comes out of the tap. No, no, it's got to be bottled. i got to have bread. i got to have so much bread I can use it like a sleeping bag. I'm going to make a burrito of myself. I don't know what you're going to do with the bread. And I need duct tape. I don't know why I'm going to stick something to something, by golly. And fear can lead you to bread that ends up getting thrown away, water that ends up getting dumped out for no reason. But that's a choice, right? On Thursday morning, when we were still pretty sure the storm was going to hit us, and now we know that it ain't. On Thursday morning, Jenny and I went to the grocery store because we needed groceries. I know that's weird to go to the grocery store for that. But we were there about 8 o'clock in the morning, and Publix was nuts. And fortunately, the big thing hadn't happened yet, so there was still water, bottled water everywhere. Not a drop to drink. There was, there was water piled up all over the place, and Jenny and I got the groceries that we actually needed to get through the day. And we got to the checkout, and a lady ran in to this, the door. You've been to a grocery store. You know the doors are right by the checkout. And this lady ran in, freaking out. I missed the party. 
It's over. I don't know what I'm going to do. And she said to the first person she saw, who was this lady right behind us in line, please tell me there's still bottled water. It was that feeling of I woke up for the final exam and I haven't studied. It was that sort of a vibe she was giving off. And it was so amazing because the lady behind us in line didn't look like a holy person. She looked like she was on her way to the gym. But she looked this person in the eye and she paused just like that. And the freaking out lady didn't know what to do with that freaking out energy she had and she just kind of paused too. And the lady behind me in line looked her in the eye and she said, Sister, there is so much water. And the lady who had come in freaking out, her whole body language changed. She said, oh, okay. And she just kind of walked out when she had been running into the store. You have a moment to change everything. And so here's the thing that I want you to know. If you're writing stuff down, this is the thing to write down. Reality is flexible when you know who you are. Reality is flexible when you know who you are. The I am of you can change things. And we have seen crutches pile up. We have seen marriages work out. We have seen people figure it out and get over, get out of a toxic situation. We have seen hurricanes turn. Reality is flexible when you know who you are. So who the heck are you? As I say, you can choose about that. You can decide to be caught up in the things that pass away, like the job, like the relationship, like the situation, like the car, or whatever. Or you can choose to remember that there's a piece of you that cannot go away. What we call the Christ in you, what we call the I am of you. The part of you that just is. And if you know your Bible, if you've listened to me talk for more than a couple of minutes, here is your moment of review. God was talking to Moses, and Moses said, who should I say has sent me? I need a business card here. God said, tell them I am has sent me. In other words, there's this part of you that just is I am beyond evaluation, beyond question, right? The big I am. Later on, when the angel appears to Mary and says, you know what, there's this thing called Christmas. It's going to happen. You're going to love it. You're going to have this kid, and he's going to change the world. Mary said, here I am, Lord. And then years later, when Jesus is talking to the disciple, Peter, who represents faith, he says, who do you say that I am? So in the same way, there's this wonderful trinity of this idea, this I am. There's this big picture, this Moses and God moment of I am in the whole universe. There's this Mary and the angel moment of here I am, right here between you and God. And there's this Jesus and the disciples moment of who do you say that I am. In other words, if you want to change, get clear on your big picture. I am. Get clear on how that feels in your life, in your body, in how you show up for your life. Here I am, Lord. And get clear on how you deal with other people. Who do you say that I am? Reality is flexible when you know who you are. And so today, I want to talk about five things that you can do to try and figure that out. And they're easy. And just five easy payments. Now, it sounds like this is the time when I do that, but I don't do that. Step one, you ready? Declare sacred space. Declare sacred space. Find a place in your life where you can make it special. Now, what does that look like? You don't have to, to do anything special unless you want to. 
You don't got to listen to special music unless you want to. You don't have to learn special words unless you want to. God already knows all the words. God's already here. This is about you showing up for God. So if you're going to declare sacred space, make a space in your life that is only dedicated to God's stuff. In other words, a chair in the corner of the room, or if you've got a giant house, a room, a building, a place you go, where the only thing you do in that place is God's stuff, where you pray, where you think about spiritual things, where you work on it, where you meditate, where you do that. Declare sacred space. Now, like I said, some people can dedicate a whole building, a whole room to that. Personally, for me, it's a pillow. I got a pillow that sits on a shelf, and I take it down, and I put it on the floor, and I sit on the pillow, and I pray, and I meditate, and I do my God stuff, and then it goes away. The only thing that pillow is for is God stuff. Why is that important? I'm glad you asked. It's the same reason why it's important they tell you that you're not supposed to put your office in your bedroom because you're not going to sleep right, and you're not going to work right. It's the same thing, just on a much bigger level. It's the same thing as when you see in the movies when somebody says, you know what, our relationship is progressing. Can I, can I keep a toothbrush at your house? And the other person says, I don't know, because then it's serious. Because dental hygiene is a cornerstone thing. It's a gateway drug. <laughs> Fluoride, gateway drug. But you know what I mean. You've seen it in the movies. Maybe you've experienced it in your own life. But the thing is, I want you to get serious with God. Make some room. And yeah, you might have to fight for it. It might be that, that's right, you might be in a situation. It's my house. It's okay. It might be a situation where you have to declare to somebody else, you know what, that's, I got to go away now. Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of Unity, said, I have to go to headquarters now. I like that. Take a minute. Stand up for it. Sometimes you have to fight for it. But it's instructional because people will learn, wait a minute, you're the kind of person that has made room for spiritual pursuits, and spiritual pursuits will make room for you. Declare sacred space. A chair, a pillow, anything. And it will change you. Do it every day. That's step one, and it's easy. Step two is a little bit harder. You ready? This one is be loved. Can you let yourself be loved? I know, it sounds dopey. I'm about to break into song or something. You know me better than that. Be loved means let somebody love you on their terms instead of on your terms. This is a big deal because there are some people that have watched a little too much Oprah and they go, no, it's only happening my way. You get to say that when you're Oprah, but you ain't Oprah. All kidding aside, what I mean is that there are certain people that say, my life is only going to happen on my terms. I am only going to have things happen according to what I expect, according to what's in my ego. But if you live according to your ego, you're only going to go where you've already been. And this is about going somewhere new. So be loved means let somebody love you in a way that maybe isn't your favorite thing. I worked with somebody in a, in a coaching situation, and she was very protective of her kitchen. And her husband wanted to do her a favor and organize the cabinets. And he'd go in the kitchen and she got... But, by the way, this is not me and Jenny. I'm just going to make that clear. I know it sounds like no asking for a friend. But really, this is, this is somebody else. And you're watching on the internet. You know who you are, my friend. But it was one of those things where the husband would go into the kitchen and she would get into a horse stance because this is not happening. And fights would happen. Because from his point of view, it's, I just want to love you. And from her point of view, it's, you're, you're messing up my territory. And as I have found myself say so often in relationship counseling, you're both right and you're both wrong. Because something amazing happens and you go, you know what, maybe you don't know the ideal way of organizing the cabinets, but what I love is that you love me. 
and I'm going to let that happen. So take a minute and let somebody love you on their terms. Are you the kind of person that when you go to a restaurant, you've got a special way, okay, I want the pepper on the side, and and, and I want the hamburger, but cut it into 14 exact pieces, and I know that's impossible, but do it anyway, and I don't want it on a plate. I want you to drop every bite from from a height of 10 feet into my hands. I hate to be a bother, but can you, you know what I'm, that kind of a thing? You know the chef has been to school for this, right? They might have an idea how something tastes good. What if you just got out of your own way? What if you just let somebody do something according to how they are instead of how you are? Because here's the secret. It will fix a relationship. Here's the secret. Your whole life is about being open to God. You don't need more of your ideas. You want to be open to God's ideas, right? So start it with other people. Let somebody love you, whether it's a chef at a restaurant, your partner in life, or somewhere in between. And you will use that momentum to actually let God be God instead of your idea about God. And that is a major breakthrough. It begins a conversation. But every conversation is not just listening, right? Every conversation also involves talking. And so step three, write a credo. Mm. This is important, though. I want you this week to take some time and write down what you believe in. You don't have to show anybody. In fact, it's better at the beginning if it's private. What do you believe in, really? And people say, well, I don't know. I want to be in tune with the infinite. I don't want to be, I don't want to be tied down. Get over it. Write it in pencil if you're freaking out about it. Eric Butterworth, the great unity minister, says, can you imagine going to an airport and saying, I don't know. I just want a ticket somewhere. I'm in tune with the infinite. No, you're in tune with the indefinite, and Homeland Security is going to take you away if you keep it up. It's true. You've got something to say. What is it? You've got it. There's a reason why God put you here. What is it? Get in touch with it, and you'll start to get in touch with who you are. So write down what you believe in. It's okay if it's imperfect. It's okay if it's going to change tomorrow. Write it down and edit it. And think about it because you can't change anything until you know where you're at. That's how it works. Write down what you believe. And along the way, pay attention because some of the things that you believe, maybe you don't really believe. Maybe you think you're supposed to write them down because, well, I learned this in Sunday school. Or I'm supposed to write this down because mom and dad would be so upset. Mom and dad aren't going to see this. It's okay. You get to cross a couple things out. And along the way, as you're writing down what you believe in, you might find some things that are aspirational. In other words, I want to believe that, but I know I, gotta, I don't always act that way. Write those down, too, because this is about where you're going. Write down the aspirational things, too. Write down what you believe in, and it will begin to come true for you. Now, the other steps, like declare sacred space, it's kind of easy to tell when you did it. Let yourself be loved. It's kind of easy to tell when you did it. How do you know when you're done with your credo? You'll know when you stop wanting it to be private and you want to tell somebody about it. Even then, keep editing, keep revising, be open. But you'll know when you're so excited, oh, man, I figured this thing out. Look at this. That's how you know. Step four. You ready? Sit still. (laughs) Can you do it? I have a hard time with this one. Can you sit still? It's hard, right? But this is the beginning to so much. I mean, think about the last time you tried to remember that actor's name on that Netflix special, because I know he was in that other British thing. And in fact, he's in every British thing. What is his name? And you can fight it. You can, oh, I, got, I, I need to know. And you ask other people, and nobody knows. And you've, the more you hold on to it, the more it slips through your fingers, kind of like life. But the moment you let it go and you think about something else, 
Oh, right, it's David Tennant. I remember now. He was Doctor Who for a while. Whatever it is. When you try to find your car keys, the more you try to find your car keys, the less likely you're going to. But the moment you let it happen, kind of like life. Because the thing is, when you think about every breakthrough, every amazing invention, every work of art, every revolution happens not in the action, but in the stillness. There is an amazing power in boredom. Can you just sit in something? I know that's tricky because we live in a culture where there is constant stimulation. So it might take some practice. But can you be the kind of person who can watch a movie with somebody you love and not also be on your phone? You know it's rotting your brain. Take a minute. Be with the people who you're with. Can you drive the car just for a moment? I love music too, but can you just turn it off just for five minutes and see what happens? When you're jogging, can you take the headphones out? Can you take a minute and actually just sit in something? A few weeks ago, I was in line at a coffee shop for donuts. I'm not trying to brag. That's just how I live my life. And... uh, I was definitely in my head, and I did that thing where, okay, there's a long line. Time to get the phone out, because it's been 30 seconds since I was on Facebook, and I better see what's going on. Somebody has probably posted a picture of their nachos, and I need to see it. I was reaching. I was doing the quick draw thing. And the guy in line in front of me turned around, a big tall guy, and he said, hi, my name is Dan. And he put his hand out, so I couldn't grab my phone. I was so mad. I wanted to grab my phone so bad, and I didn't want to talk to Dan, because he's another human being. I don't need that kind of human interaction. There's a social network. And I thought, okay, this is weird. I got to admit, I'm a human being. And I went to a very human place. I thought, okay, is Dan going to sell me something? Is this Dianetics? What's going on? <laughs> and I didn't want to talk to Dan. I wanted to work out my donut strategy. I don't know. But I had to talk. And it turns out Dan wasn't trying to sell me anything. Dan is just another human being on planet Earth. And we talked for a minute, and he found out that I've got a funny name. And so we talked about my people from Germany, and he talked about his people from Lithuania, and we made a connection. Now, Dan and I are not blood brothers now or anything like that. And we didn't change the world in that moment. But you know what? Maybe we did. Because I don't know about you, but I want to live in that world instead of in this world. It takes little moments of just being in the silence. It takes just little moments of recognizing that there are other people around. Can you sit still? Can you cultivate boredom? Remove some stimulation and you will find some life. A lot of people are into virtual reality. I'm a big believer in actual reality. Try it. It's really cheap too. Sit still. And then finally, step five. Learn something. Learn something. Go to class. Do something. Read a book. There are people in this room, there are people watching on the internet who can teach you how to parallel park, tie a knot, do a thing, cook a a chocolate chip cookie that'll blow your mind, lose weight, do a thing, climb a thing, figure yourself out, Uh, start a nonprofit. I don't know. I sound like Sally Struthers right now. Pest control, gunsmithing. But think about it. There's somebody you know that can teach you something that'll blow your mind, that'll make you a fuller person. Learn something because what you're saying to the universe is, I am teachable. My ego isn't all wrapped up in me knowing everything right now, but rather in being open. And people say, well, I I do. I learn things all the time. I got a car full of self-help tapes that are making me better at my business. That doesn't count. That's great, but that doesn't count because I'm not interested in you learning something that you already are heading for because that's more ego stuff, right? 
I want you to learn something that will do you absolutely no good. Learn something that is just delightful because God lives in delight, not in obligation. Find the thing that is just fun to do. Find the thing that lifts you up. We buy bread at Publix that, that goes stale because of the fear and the hurricane, but Jesus didn't multiply the loaves and fishes because he was afraid of hunger. He multiplied the loaves and fishes because he was in touch with infinity. What drives you? Get in touch with your infinity. Get in touch with your delight. Put yourself out there and learn something. The question becomes, once again, who are you? Who are you? And when you think about it, that's the question that we've been asking ourselves from the beginning when you have those moments where your heart doesn't work anymore because you're so done. You're so tired. You're so sad. Nothing's working. Those moments, the real question, maybe the question you're asking is, who am I? Because this thing, this relationship, this job, this body, this isn't me anymore. Who am I? And it turns out that that's the question that life has been asking you. How will you answer? You can be the obligations, the job, the old situations, the dysfunctions, the thing you grew up with. You can be all of those things, but those things pass away. Or you can be like a child. Remember how it was when learning a thing didn't hurt your ego? Remember how it was when you were open? You are allowed to be that amazing, dynamic, explosive, world-changing, creative, enthusiastic person that you have always been. Find it, because the world requires it. Last time we talked a little bit about prayer and we caught a glimpse of what healing the infinite God love looks like a little bit. Hopefully we're still working on that. But you caught a glimpse. The question today is how's that going to look in you? Because here's another thing to write down. Healing only happens when you identify with healing. Healing only happens when you identify with healing. In other words, healing isn't something that happens to you. Healing is something that you are. What happens when you live from that place? Love doesn't happen when you think love happens to you. Can you identify with love and say, what would love do in this situation? What would the revolution look like if I lived it instead of I waiting around for it? Healing only happens when you identify with healing and when you take it into action. The other day I was talking to somebody and they said, well, I know what I need to do to make myself feel instantly better, but, you know, I really like doing this toxic thing that I do. You can use your own version of that. I know I should diet, but cake is awesome. I know I should quit drinking because it's killing me, but, you know, bourbon or whatever it is. You have to decide how far you want to go with this. What does it look like when you embody healing? What does it look like when you identify with it? The question that you have been asking the world is the question you are being asked by the world. Who do you want to be today? Who do you want to be? All the life in the world is in you. All the love in the world is you. All the freedom in the world is calling out for you to stand up and be free. Declare some sacred space today. Let yourself be loved today. Tell the world what you believe in today. Sit still today and learn something new. Because that version of you is the kind of world I want to be in. 
It's the kind of world where people get free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube or you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.